0: Pod Doctors is brought to you by the Kindle book, Saving Limbs, Saving Lives, Advanced Treatments to Prevent Amputations in Diabetic Populations. This book by Dr. Damien Dauphiné discusses specific patient cases in diabetic limb preservation, which highlight the modern use of wound care technology that has exploded in the last 20 years. With only one advanced therapy available in 1999, there are now hundreds of options to help close chronic wounds in diabetic patients. Dr. Dauphiné distills these options down to show patients and physicians treating these patients how combinations of these products can be used to save limbs and save lives. Welcome to The Pod Doctors. I'm Dr. Damien Dauphiné, board-certified foot and ankle surgeon, and my partner, Dr. Rafa Hussein, fellowship-trained podiatric surgeon, and we are The Pod Doctors. Each week, The Pod Doctors will be discussing aspects of podiatric medicine and surgery to educate our audience on common foot and ankle problems and the latest treatment options available. We hope to bring you interesting and informative shows each week discussing all the crazy ways that our wonderful foot can malfunction and cause us problems. So please find us on all the platforms where you find your typical podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and YouTube, where you can view our videos. So please like and subscribe, and we will see you next time on The Pod Doctors. Welcome to The Pod Doctors. I'm Dr. Damien Dauphiné, and I'm here with my partner. Dr. Rafi Hussein. And today, we're gonna go through one of our more interesting cases from the last few weeks.
1: Yeah, uh, today we have a lateral ankle ligament repair with peroneal tendon repair and groove deepening. A very common surgery in those patients who have that chronic lateral ankle pain. It's your, uh, I rolled my ankle, it's just not getting better. We've exhausted all conservative options and, you know, we're, we're diving into surgery now. So just a brief overview over the anatomy. What we're pretty much focusing on today are the two tendons on the side of your ankle, the outside of your ankle, your proneus longus and proneus brevis. And then you have a network of ligaments on the side of your ankle, your ATFL ligament, which comes across here, and your CFL ligament, which comes across there. Those are the ones that end up getting the tear or the attenuation or stretched out and can become excruciatingly painful. Um, so here, let's see if we can't get this video going. Oh, in this case, patient, I also ended up doing a gas wreck recession. Not something I do like maybe one in 20, one in 30, but let's jump forward. Let's focus on But Yeah, I can more see more Aquinas normal. or the oh, lack yeah, of she range definitely of motion. Had, the back of my head
0: the lack of range of motion certainly puts people at greater risk for yeah. lateral ankle sprains. So, oh.
1: all right. So we started our dissection side of your ankle. I do a, a lazy S type incision that allows for me to get the pronials and get the ATFL on in one incision. Some people like to do two incisions. Some people like to, you know, do whatever the different techniques. Some people like to do a large L type incision on the side of the ankle and then do a straight incision on the side i think the straight incision causes for a better scar afterwards but then you're doing two incisions i don't know i've always just been comfortable with the one incision and yeah it worked out well for me here i am in with the peroneal sheath and we're going to zoom in i had the uh the camera operator uh, zoom into the incision site a little bit later than i'd prefer but what we're doing is uh, freeing up the tendons in the pronio tendon sheath. So the pronio tendons have a single sheath behind the fibula, and as they come down more distally, they sh- split up into two separate sheaths around a pronio tubercle, which is on the outside of the calcaneus. And you're uh, looking for the sural nerve there, trying to avoid the sural nerve. Yeah, the sural nerve is on the plantar, the bottom side of our incision here. And that's kind of one of the other benefits of doing my lazy S type incision. I can pull that sural nerve in that um, that soft tissue uh, on the other side. But yeah, very common, very easy to trap that sural nerve in your scar tissue if you're not careful. So we have the tendons here. I can pull them out. You can see that they're nice and solid. So your pronius longus and your pronius brevis. You can already see the split tear uh, in that. Oh, look how flat that is. Yeah. Uh, so what ends up happening is your pronius brevis ends up getting squished by your pronus longus up against that fibula. The fibula is the anterior portion, the pronus brevis right behind it, and then the pronus longus comes in behind it and causes a saddle type of effect to that pronus brevis. That last part where you saw me uh, dissecting down right down here, I'm taking out the tubercle. Whenever I'm in there, I do like to take that out. Sometimes there'll be expansion, uh, like I mean huge, they will be Almost yeah. like the size of a pea, you know. Right. I think if, you know, the literature says if it's greater than like 0. 0.5 centimeters or something like that, you should take it out. I take it out regardless. It's not something that is necessary to be on the side of the uh, ankle. So here's kind of an overview of what we're looking at. The peroneal tendons coming down. The shear sheath up here. They split into a separate sheath down here. The peroneal tubercle is attached to this portion here. And you can kind of see that tubercle right there where they kind of split. And that can be a point of impingement where that proneus longus ends up rubbing up against there. I mean, do you feel like that's a common area where they cause a a lot of pain? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Especially when you see those really large ones.
1: Here you can kind of see the uh, 3D scan of someone who has a a nice prominent proneal tubercle there. All right. So taking out that proneal tubercle, I free up that attachment from that um, pronial sheath that's attaching to there. It's a nice, strong, hefty stock. Is my little rondure. we're kind of taking it off nip by nip i try to cause a little bit of a crater there because the bone is going to kind of form and kind of build up so rather than leaving it flush and letting that bone build up prominently i do a little bit of a crater and and when the bone does fill in it doesn't fill in prominent it's just a little trick i do I nothing fancy all right so here are the pro here's the <laughs> look at that Ooh, yeah it's just, it is just so flat, flat. Yeah. so it's what we're doing he's yeah, so what we're doing is we're freeing up the, uh, the pronius brevis. The pronius brevis in this case has a low-lying muscle belly, which can also cause a um, crowding effect in the uh, pronior groove. I'm freeing up any type of adhesions or scar tissue that might have formed over it, and you'll see I'll, I'll, I'll take away a good chunk of that usually, that pronius brevis, if I can. Yeah, look at that. So that's how how, how much pronius brevis muscle belly was in that group you gotta think that fibula tip is right there and that that's a low lying muscle belly for sure yeah
0: it's just a space occupying lesion at that level yeah so it's just taking up room
1: it doesn't weaken the muscle i mean uh, you'll set the patients after these will still have full function i have young kids athletes that go back to full activities no restrictions you're not doing any harm to these tendons you're actually obviously improving them when you're doing this all right so look how damaged that tendon is it's almost like, um, I always tell my patients that what this really looks like when you're in surgery is like when you have string cheese, you know, and you kind of mm-hmm. push your thumb into it and kind of smoosh it down the center. You're literally just spreading out those fibers. So now you're intubulating. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm going to tubularize that tendon. Yeah. Um, I use a Vicryl, which is an absorbable type, type stitch. I know some people like to use non-absorbable. I've had, you know, success with absorbable. So, uh, that's kind of what I stick with. What I do is I start off with the knot and I try to bury that knot up top, and then I'll run it down, and I'll run it back up. And once I get that first knot in, I'll bring it around, and I'll take my graft and I'll run it down the center. How do I? Jump what are you to the using slide? for your graft? I'm using that uh, that fuse. Um, the Ardalon. Yeah, Ardalon strips. They work great. Yeah. It's like a collagen dermal type graft. It has. Um, well, it's
0: it's actually synthetic.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. It's
0: completely synthetic, and it'll, it'll absorb or be resorbed.
1: In about seven years wow yeah and in its place um, these type of graphs these collagen type graphs they're like scaffolds they allow your body to kind of fill in that deficit and hopefully get back to 100 percent and then some so here you can kind of see the split tear this is kind of what it looks like when we're in there obviously this this also shows the split tear and the pronis longus but in this case it was just the pronis brevis that was injured these are the ligaments that we talk about repairing and in her case we did the ATFL and the um this is your uh, peroneal pronial and I do repair that. So I'm tuberizing that tendon. Here, let's jump ahead and get that involved. This is honestly I told this to like whenever I'm with the reps or the scrub text. This is the favorite my my all-time favorite surgery, especially because at the end of this, this tendon it looks so beautiful. It's it's we're running down the tendon, we're we're doing like a baseball stitch. And the, the more you pull on those suture, the more those edges come together uh, and then your stitches are, I mean, they, they're real thin. And, and for the fact that they're absorbable, you don't have to even worry about them ever causing any type of problems. And so I run them down and then I run them right back up. I mean, you went from a flat degenerate tendon to a, a beautifully round tendon, nice and repaired. And then great. obviously uh, that graft in there, it just, it, it looks so good at the end of this. But yeah, and then I'll snip off that uh that remaining portion. Now the tendon is nice and strong, nice and hefty. Sometimes what happens is we have to go in and um, anastomose those tendons um, if they're especially bad. But uh, in her case, uh, we didn't have to do that, so we locked out.
0: So anastomosis would be yeah, attaching them together. Yes,
1: yes, for all our them. non-medical viewers, yes. growing <laughs> them together. Yeah. So those two tens, uh, tendons tendons, they're, they're right next to one another. So putting them together, you're still uh, getting the function out of them. They're still pulling the same pole. But in this case, they're pulling together rather than more individually, which makes no major difference in the long run. And that's why we can you know, even use the tendon for tendon transfers, or if we wanted to harvest a tendon for a different area, we can use those tendons. All right. So tendon repair with groove deepening. So the pronius, brevis, and longus, they run in a a little fibular groove here. Sometimes the patients will have a shallow groove. So in her case, the, the groove was shallow. We looked at it under X-rays and imaging, um, MRIs uh, to see that the groove was shallow. Uh, there's a multitude of ways that you can um, deepen that groove. I go between one of two ways: direct, you know, debridement. Uh, if the if the cartilage surface is, I mean, the the articular surface is not as smooth, it's easy. You can debride it away. Sometimes in younger children, I try to avoid doing that. I'll drill up the shaft. We'll pretty much put a little hole coming up the shaft of the fibula right up through here. Mm -hmm. And I'll tamp it pretty much we're weakening and causing a cavity behind the articular surface. Get it to suck down. Yeah, exactly. Impacting it in so you got a nice groove. I know some people will do like a rotational type of thing where Mm -hmm. you shift it over. There's a, you know, a thousand ways ways. to skin a cat or something, whatever that saying is. So what we're doing is we're just going to deepen that groove right there to allow those two tendons to kind of um, sit nice and flush and less chance of them subluxing and clicking out on the outside of that tendon and then obviously i'll put bone wax or something on there some people will use like a graft or something in most cases i typically just use a bone wax making sure that no bony overgrowth and no adhesions after i'm done so take all that surface down and you'll see we'll feel it make sure it's nice and groove i'll pull those tendons back in there Make sure that, that those tendons are sitting nice and flush in there. Uh, a simple thing that um, if you're, you know, going to be doing these surgeries, young medical students doing the surgery, it's very easy to deepen the groove but not make it wide enough. So keep that, dr- that Dremel moving, keep it, uh, that burr moving uh, side to side, run it up and down, you know, little circles, whatever you want to call it. And here I'm putting a little bone wax on there it seems like you're like, oh, I'm going to use so much bone wax. And then you end up using like a 10th of what you actually put on there. Cause it all has to do is fill in those tiny holes. You're not trying to leave any bone wax residue in there. So you see, I'm literally just putting in there. It's like, um, if you had coral, you know, mm-hmm. that surface it's smoothing
0: off the surface. Yeah.
1: If you take like soap and you're trying to rub soap on coral, I mean, there's only so much you can put on there, you know? So here you'll see me and look at those tendons. They're sitting nice and fresh. You can kind of, you know stress those tendons to see if there's you know any risk of those popping out and I'll do that a couple times I'll clean it up as, as many times as I need to there's no harm in you know doing it over and over as long as in the end you know the patient's going to have a nice healthy tendon so you saw I didn't see the tendons were staying as great as I wanted I went back and deepened a little yeah. yeah 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 simple effective but yeah uh, that's what we're doing when we're deepening the groove All right. So the ligament disrepair portion of this. So the ATFL ligament is the ligament that spans the fibula on the anterior lateral side of your ankle. That's this portion right here. That's the most common ligament that's ruptured or torn or teared or whatever you want to say. So what I typically do is like the modified brostrum. I do the direct repair with my suture ropes, uh, fiber wire, whatever we have available. And then I'll do the pants over vest technique and bring that up. Retinaculum up. Yeah, that extensor mm-hmm. retinaculum up. Uh, just bringing more additional support to the uh, the injury site. Are you using
0: Artelon on top
1: of that? No, not in this oh, case. Okay. No. So they came out with a new version of that. I know. I, I was trying to look for the video <laughs> of yours. Um, yeah, I'll,
0: I'll find it because we need to, that would be a cool one to do too. Because that case was really cool. The, the instrumentation for that material was what they needed for years. We we did it, you sort of see if our pants uh, version for for several years and then they came out with the instrumentation that worked really well i was very impressed
1: yeah uh, it, it's the way you wanted it to be, be done and originally back in the beginning. yeah absolutely rather than just throwing you know your sutures and, and trying to get that angle right. right in
0: well having to put sutures through the artelon itself
1: yeah is difficult yeah.
0: It's, it gets frayed you're
1: holding something that's floppy and you're yeah. trying to put stitches through it it's just not easy so they yeah their instrumentation for that it was it's really nice So here what i did was throw a tendon anchor into the side of the talus i try to angle my anchor just i don't know half a centimeter roughly just anterior to the original ligament and it it gives it a larger lever arm uh, for correction what i'll do is i'll bring that suture back over to the crest of the fibula right here on the front and the uh, scrub tech whoever's scrubbing in with me will hold that nice and snug in an everted position so here I threw all my stitches and I'll tie two of the stitches together, two of the stitches together, and then I'll use those stitches to bring the extensor retinaculum up. So it's pretty much flaring that uh, those sutures on there. So I'm like, all right, whoever's scrubbing with me. Hold that foot up and everted, yep. shortening those those, um, those sutures and ligaments. Yeah, I'll do my little hand ties. And now I'm taking the extensor retinaculum up with it. So now that I got my ties uh, already tied, I'm bringing the extensor retinaculum up to it. Also, it's just, you know, the more you can do to prevent this from reoccurring a simple, effective tried and true. So at this point, if I remember correctly, I am repairing my peroneal retinaculum. So I'll bring the peroneal retinaculum back up.
0: That's like the belt structure holding the peroneal tendons behind the fibula.
1: Um, Oh, no, never mind. I'm throwing my anchor first. So I'm pocketed a spot. So I free up that retinaculum, right? Move it forward. I pocket a little spot there on the lateral wall of the calcaneus, superior lateral wall of the calcaneus, and I'll throw my anchor. And then I'll repair the superior peroneal retinaculum. And then I throw my my sutures on the fibula. So the sutures aren't ever directly on the tendons. And yeah, there's super low chance of those tendons ever subluxing again. Right. So there's my little tendon anchor, twist, 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 pull. There's the sutures. Let's jump ahead. All right, so I'm starting from the bottom. We're going to get all the retinaculum, and I'll work it all the way up the tendon sheath. And then, yep, here we are. So I'm throwing my stitch now into the posterior crest of the fibula, preventing those tendons from ever subluxing around that fibula ever again. Simple, effective. It's almost like insurance, you know? You don't have to worry about those tendons ever subluxing around there. Right. There we go. I mean, that's pretty much it. Now I'm just closing the soft tissue up, make it look pretty, make it look beautiful. I use a little stem cell graft under the incision to make it very low for scar formation, lower pain. And in the end, I mean, now it's just if you want to watch me throw (laughs) stooches, you know. Very nice.
0: And then you uh, put them in a posterior splint or what do you
1: do? I wrap them up in my, you know, normal dressing and then I have them in a cam boot. But I, I, when I'm doing my dressings, I forcefully evert them. Yeah, Yeah, sometimes if it looks like they're still kind of soft or whatever, I'll use like Coban and kind of do your J-strapping and hold them up. And so they can scar up and same thing post-op. When I see them the first few times, if it looks like they're still kind of lax, we'll do like the J-strap type of Coban. But for the most part, when we when I've started doing with these tendon anchors and stuff that we've been doing working with, I've had no problems. I, yeah,
0: we're fortunate we have instrumentation that's significantly better yeah. than, than 20 years ago.
1: Remember those uh, original anchors with the corkscrews? And you got to, um, I mean, it was just straight suture. It wasn't even anything. It was, uh, these ones are nice because they're like flat, like uh, like shoestrings, right. you know. Um, um, they really hold. Uh, the other ones, um, you almost kind of almost saw through the bone if you really were pulling hard enough. But uh, yeah, that's Very it. Very cool.
0: Very nice. All right, Dr. saying that was the lateral ankle ligament and perineal tendon repair with a groove deepening procedure. We'll keep throwing these up there, and hopefully these are, are interesting to you guys, especially to our, our pediatric medical residents who I know yeah. are downloading these left and right now.
1: Yeah, we know you guys are sending us questions, request videos. I know that someone just asked me for the uh, DeVries procedure. By all means, we're trying to get to everything. We Right. Gotta, we got a couple of cases that we really want to talk to you guys about. Um, we had two total ankles back-to-back this month that I think would be fun, but we don't really have the videos from them because the OR we were in didn't have the videos, but we'll do a lecture or something on them. Right, uh, I know. think we should. Yep. Yeah, because we got intra-op pictures, and the reps took, you know, little clips and videos, and, I mean, these patients are doing wonderful. It's it's a, It's a game changer. Those have yeah. been rewarding,
0: absolutely. Yeah. So we'll get those up there, but in the meantime, we'll see you later from the pod doctors.
1: Take care. Thank you for listening to The Pod Doctors. We appreciate all of our listeners and subscribers. If you'd like to hear more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and watch our videos on YouTube. Like, thumbs up, subscribe. Be safe. See you all next time. Bye-bye.